0: Continuing in A Treatise of the Fear of God by John Bunyan. We're continuing the reading on page 8. Of this word fear as it is taken for the word of God. I shall now come to the second thing, to wit, to the rule and director of our fear. Second. But again, this word fear is sometimes to be taken for the word, the written word of God. For that also is, and ought to be, the rule and director of our fear. So David calls it in the 19th Psalm, the fear of the Lord, saith he, is clean, enduring forever. The fear of the Lord, that is, the word of the Lord, the written word, for that which he calleth in this place, the fear of the Lord, even in the same place he calleth the law, statutes, commandments, and judgments of God. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. All these words have respect to the same thing, to wit, to the word of God, jointly designing the glory of it. Among which phrases, as you see, this is one. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. This written word is therefore the object of a Christian's fear. This is that also which David intended when he said Come ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord Psalm thirty four eleven. I will teach you the fear, that is, I will teach you the commandments, statutes, and judgments of the Lord, even as Moses commanded the children of Israel. Thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 7. That also, in the eleventh of Isaiah, intends the same. For the father saith of the son, that he shall be of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, that he may judge and smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. This rod in the text is none other but the fear, the word of the Lord. For he, he was to be of a quick understanding, that he might smite, that is, execute it according to the will of his father, upon and among the children of men. Now this, as I said, is called the fear of the Lord because it is called the rule and director of our fear. For we know not how to fear the Lord in a saving way without its guidance and direction. As it is said of the priest that was sent back from the captivity to Samaria to teach the people to fear the Lord, so it is said concerning the written word. It is given to us and left among us that we may read therein all the days of our life and learn to fear the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 1 through 3 24, Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 19. And here it is that trembling at the word of God is even by God Himself not only taken notice of, but counted as laudable and praiseworthy, as is evident in the case of Josiah, 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verses 26 and 27. Such also are the approved of God. Let them be condemned by whomsoever. Hear the word of the LORD, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, said, Let the LORD be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 5. Further, such shall be looked to by God himself cared for, and watched over, that no distress temptation, or affliction, may overcome them and destroy them. To this man will I look, saith God, even to him that is poor, and of a contrite spirit, and that trembleth at my word. It is the same in substance with that in the same prophet in chapter 57. For thus saith the High and Lofty One, that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is Holy. I dwell in the high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Yea, the way to escape dangers foretold is to hearken to, understand, and fear the word of God. He that feared the word of the Lord among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the houses, and they were secured. But he that regarded not the word of the Lord left his servants and his cattle in the field, and they were destroyed of the hail. Exodus chapter 9 verses 20 through 25 If at any time the sins of a nation or church are discovered and bewailed, it is by them that know and tremble at the word of God. When Ezra heard of the wickedness of his brethren, and had a desire to humble himself before God for the same, who were they that would assist him in that matter, but they that trembled at the word of God. Then saith he, Were assembled unto me every one that trembled at the words of the God of Israel because of the transgression of those that had been carried away. Ezra chapter 9 verse 4. They are such also that tremble at the word that are best able to give counsel in the matters of God, for their judgment best suiteth with his mind and will. Now therefore said he, let us make a covenant with our God to put away all the strange wives according to the counsel of my Lord, and of those that tremble at the commandment of our God, and let it be done according to the law. Ezra chapter 10, verse 3. Now something of the dread and terror of the word lieth in these things. First, as I have already hinted from the author of them, they are the words of God. Therefore you have Moses and the prophets, when they came to deliver their errand, their message to the people, still saying, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord and the like. So when Ezekiel was sent to the house of Israel in their state of religion, thus was he bid to say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, thus saith the Lord God Ezekiel chapter two verse four and chapter three verse eleven. This is the honor and majesty then that God hath put upon his written word, and thus he hath done even of purpose, that we might make them the rule and directory of our fear and that we might stand in awe of and tremble at them. When Habakkuk heard the word of the Lord, his belly trembled, and rottenness entered into his bones. I trembled in myself, said he, that I might rest in the day of trouble, Habakkuk chapter three, verse sixteen. The word of a king is as the roaring of a lion, where the word of a king is, there is power. What is it then when God, the great God, She'll roar out of Zion, and utter his voice from Jerusalem, whose voice shakes not only the earth, but also heaven. How doth holy David set it forth? The voice of the Lord is powerful, and the voice of the Lord is full of majesty, etc. Psalm 29. Second, it is a word that is fearful, and may well be called the fear of the Lord, because of the subject matter of it. To wit the state of sinners in another world. For that is it unto which the whole Bible bendeth itself, either more immediately or more immediately. All its doctrines, counsels, encouragements, threatenings, and judgments have a look, one way or the other, upon us, with respect to the next world, which will be our last state, because it will be to us a state eternal. This word This law, these judgments, are they that we shall be disposed of by the word that I have spoken, says Christ. It shall judge you, and so consequently dispose of you in the last day. John chapter 12, verse 48. Now if we consider that our next state must be eternal, either eternal glory or eternal fire and that this eternal glory or this eternal fire must be our portion, according as the words of God revealed in the Holy Scriptures shall determine. Who will not but conclude that therefore the words of God are they which we should tremble, and they by which we should have our fear of God guided and directed, for by them we are taught how to please Him in everything. Third, it is to be called a fearful word, because of the truth and faithfulness of it. The scriptures cannot be broken. Here they are called the scriptures of truth, the true sayings of God, and also the fear of the Lord. For that every jaw and tittle thereof is forever settled in heaven, and stand more steadfast than doth the world. Heaven and earth, saith Christ, shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. Those therefore that are favored by the word of God, those that are favor indeed, and that with the favor that no man can turn away, but those that by the word of the scriptures are condemned, those can no man justify and set quit in the sight of God. Therefore what is bound by the text is bound, and what is released by the text is released. Also the bond in release is unalterable. Daniel chapter 10 verse 21, Revelation 19 verse 9, Matthew 24 verse 35, Psalm 119 verse 89, John chapter 10 verse 35. This therefore calleth upon God's people to stand more in fear of the Word of God than of all the terrors in the world. There wanteth even in the hearts of God's people a greater reverence of the Word of God than to this day appeareth among us. And this, let me say, that want of reverence of the Word is the ground of all disorders that are in the heart, life, conversation, and in Christian communion. Besides, the want of reverence of the Word is the ground of all disorders that are in the heart, life, conversation, and in Christian, and in Christian communion. Besides, the want of reverence of the Word layeth men open to the fearful displeasure of God. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. Proverbs 13, verse 13. All transgression beginneth at wandering from the word of God, but on the other side, David saith, concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. Psalm 17, verse 4. Therefore Solomon saith, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings let them not depart from thine eyes keep them in the midst of thine heart for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh proverbs 4 verses 20 through 22 now if indeed thou wouldest reverence the word of the lord and make it thy rule and director in all things believe that the word is the fear of the lord the word that standeth fast forever without and against which God will do nothing, either in saving or damning the souls of sinners. But to conclude this, number one, know that those that have no due regard to the word of the Lord, and that make it not their dread and their fear, but the rule of their life, is the lust of their flesh, the desire of their eyes, and the pride of life, are sorely rebuked by this doctrine, and are counted the fools of the world. Lo, they have rejected the word of the Lord, and what wisdom is in them? Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 9. That there are such a people is evident, not only by their irregular lives, but by the manifest testimony of the word. As for the word of the Lord, said they to Jeremiah, that thou hast spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we will not hearken unto thee, but we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth. Jeremiah 44, verse 16. Was this only the temper of wicked men then? Is it not the same spirit of rebellion amongst us in our days? Doubtless there is, for there is no new thing. The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. And that which is done, is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. Ecclesiastes 1 verse 9 Therefore, as it was then, so it is with many in this day. As for the word of the Lord, it is nothing at all to them, their lusts and whatsoever proceedeth out of their own mouths, that they will do, that they will follow. Now such will certainly perish in their own rebellion, for this is the sin of witchcraft. It was the sin of Korah and his company, and that which brought upon them such heavy judgments. Yea, and they are made a sign that thou shouldest not do as they. For they perished, because they rejected the word, the fear of the Lord from among the congregation of the Lord, and they became a sign. The word which thou despisest still abideth to denounce its woe and judgment upon thee, and unless God will save such with the breath of his word, and it is hard trusting to that, they must never see his face with comfort. First Samuel 15 verses 22 and 23 Numbers 26 verses 9 and 10 Number 2 Are the words of God called by the name of the fear of the Lord? Are they so dreadful in their receipt and sentence? Then this rebukes them that esteem the words and things of men more than the words of God, as those do who are drawn from their respect of, and obedience to, the word of God, by the pleasures or threats of men. Some there be who verily will acknowledge the authority of the word, yet will not stoop their souls thereto. Such, whatever they think of themselves, are judged by Christ to be ashamed of the word, wherefore their state is damnable as the other. Whosoever, saith he, shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of the Father with the holy angels. Mark chapter 8 verse 38. Number 3. And if these things be so, What will become of those that mock at, and professedly contemn, the words of God, making them as a thing ridiculous, and not to be regarded? Shall they prosper that do such things? From the promises it is concluded that their judgment now of a long time slumbereth not, and when it comes it will devour them without remedy. 2 Chronicles 36 15 If God, I say, hath put that reverence upon his word, as to call it the fear of the lord what will become of them that do what they can to overthrow its authority by denying it to be his word and by raising cabels against its authority such stumble indeed at the word being appointed thereunto but it shall judge them in the last day 1st peter chapter 2 verse 8 john chapter 12 verse 48 but thus much for this of several sorts of fear of God in the heart of the children of men. Having thus spoken of the object and rule of our fear, I should now come to speak of fear as it is a grace of the Spirit of God in the hearts of His people. But before I do that, I shall show you that there are diverse sorts of fear besides. For a man being a reasonable creature, and having even by nature a certain knowledge of God, Hath also naturally something of some kind of fear of God at times, which, although it be not that which is intended in the text, yet ought to be spoken to, that that which is not right may be distinguished from that that is. There is, I say, several sorts or kinds of fear in the hearts of the sons of men. I mean, besides that fear of God that is intended in the text, and that accomplish or that accompanieth eternal life. I shall here make mention of three of them. First, there is a fear of God that flows even from the light of nature. Second, there is a fear of God that flows from some of his dispensations to men, which yet is neither universal nor saving. Third, there is a fear of God in the heart of some men that is good and godly, but doth not forever abide so. To speak a little to all these before I come to speak of fear, as it is a grace of God in the hearts of His children, and first, to the first to wit, that there is a fear of God that flows even from the light of nature. A people may be said to do things in a fear of God when they act toward one another in things reasonable and honest between man and man, not doing that to others they would not have done to themselves. This is that fear of God which Abraham thought the Philistines had destroyed in themselves, when he said of his wife to Abimelech, She is my sister. For when Abimelech asked Abraham why he said of his wife, She is my sister, he replied saying, I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. Genesis 20 verse 11 I thought, verily, that in this place men had stifled and choked that light of nature that is in them at least so far forth as not to suffer it to put them in fear, when their lusts were powerful in them to accomplish their ends on the object that was present before them. But this I will pass by and come to the second thing, namely, second, to show that there is a fear of God that flows from some of His dispensations to men, which yet is neither universal nor saving. This fear, when opposed to that which is saving, may be called an ungodly fear of God. I shall describe it by these several particulars that follow. Number 1. There is a fear of God that causeth a continual grudging, discontent, and heart-risings against God under the hand of God. And that is, when the dread of God is, co- is His coming upon men to deal with them for their sins, is apprehended by them. And yet by this dispensation they have no change of heart to submit to God thereunder. The sinners under this dispensation cannot shake God out of their mind, nor yet graciously tremble before him. But through the unsanctified frame that they are now in, they are afraid with ungodly fear, and so, in their minds, let fly against him. This fear oftentimes took hold of the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness in their journey to the promised land. Still they feared that God in this place would destroy them, but not with that fear that made them willing to submit for their sins to the judgment which they fear, but with that fear that made them let fly against God. This fear showed itself in them even at the beginning of their voyage and was rebuked by Moses at the Red Sea. But it was not there, nor yet at any other place, so subdued that it would rise again in them at times to the dishonor of God and the anew of making them guilty of sin before him. Exodus chapter 14, verses 11 through 13, and Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 9. This fear is that which God said he would send before them in the day of Joshua, even a fear that should possess the inhabitants of the land, to wit, a fear that should arise for that faintness of heart that they should be swallowed up of, at their apprehending of Joshua and his approaches toward them to destroy, him, to destroy them. I will send my fear before thee, and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come, and I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. Exodus chapter twenty-three, verse twenty-seven. This day, says God, will I begin to put the dread of thee and the fear of thee upon the nations that are under the whole heaven, who shall hear report of thee, and shall tremble and be in anguish because of thee. Deuteronomy chapter two, verses twenty-five, uh, and chapter eleven, verse twenty-five. Now this fear is also, as you here see, called anguish, and in another place, an hornet, for it and the soul that it falls upon do greet each other as boys and bees do. The hornet puts men in fear, not so as to bring the heart into a sweet compliance with its terror, but so as to stir up the spirit into acts of opposition and resistance, yet withal they flee before it. I will send hornets before thee, which shall drive out the Hivite, etc. Exodus 23, verse 28. Now this fear, whether it be wrought by misapprehending of the judgments of God, is in the Israelites, or otherwise is in the Canaanites. Yet ungodliness is the effect thereof, and therefore I call it an ungodly fear of God. For it stirreth up murmurings, discontents, and heart-risings against God, while he with his dispensations is dealing with them. 2. There is a fear of God that driveth the man away from God. I speak not now of the atheist, nor of the pleasurable sinner, nor yet of these. And that fear that I spoke of just now, I speak now of such who, through a sense of sin and of God's justice, fly from him of a slavish, ungodly fear. This ungodly fear was that which possessed Adam's heart in the day that he did eat of the tree concerning which the Lord has said unto him, In the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. For then was he possessed with such a fear of God as made him seek to hide himself from his presence. I heard, said he, thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Genesis chapter 3 verse 10 Mind it, He had a fear of God, but it was not godly. It was not that that made him afterwards submit himself unto him, for that would have kept him from not departing from him, or else have brought him to him again with bowed, broken, and contrite spirit. But this fear, as the rest of his sin, managed his departing from his God and pursued him to provoke him still to do so, so to do. By it he kept himself from God. By it his whole man was carried away from him. I call it ungodly fear, because it beget in him ungodly apprehensions of his maker, because it confined Adam's conscience to the sense of justice only, and consequently to despair. The same fear also possessed the children of Israel when they heard the law delivered to them on Mount Sinai, as is evident, for it made them that they could neither abide his presence nor hear his word. It drove them back from the mountain. It made them, said the apostle to the Hebrews, that they could not endure that which was commanded. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse twenty. Wherefore this fear Moses rebukes and forbids their giving way thereto. Fear not, said he, but had that fear been godly, he would have encouraged it, and not forbid and rebuke it as he did. Fear not, said he, for God is come to prove you. They thought otherwise. God, saith he, is come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces. Therefore that fear that already had taken possession of them was not the fear of God, but a fear that was of Satan, of their own misjudging hearts, and so a fear that was ungodly. Exodus chapter 20 verses 18 through 20 Mark you here is a fear and a fear a fear forbidden and a fear commended a fear forbidden because it engendered their hearts to bondage and unto ungodly thoughts of God and of his word it made them that they could not desire to hear God speak to them anymore as is in verses 19 through 21 Many also at this day are possessed with this ungodly fear, and you may know them by this: they cannot abide conviction for sin, and if at any time, the word of the law, by the preaching of the Word if it comes near them, they will not abide that preacher nor such kind of sermons any more. they are as they deem best at ease at ease when furthest off of God and of the power of his word. the word preached brings God nearer to them than they desire he should come because whenever God comes near their sins by him are manifest and so is the judgment too that to them is due now these not having faith in the mercy of God through Christ nor that grace that tendeth to bring him bring them to him they cannot but think of God amiss and their so thinking of him makes them say unto him depart from us for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways Job chapter 21, verse 14. Wherefore, their wrong thoughts of God beget in them this ungodly fear. And again, this ungodly fear doth maintain in them the continuance of these wrong and unworthy thoughts of God. And therefore, through that devilish service wherewith they strengthen one another, the sinner, without a miracle of grace, prevents him and is drowned in destruction and perdition. It was this ungodly fear of God that carried Cain from the presence of God into the land of Nod, and that put him there upon any carnal worldly business, if perhaps he might by so doing stifle convictions of the majesty and justice of God against his sin, and so live the rest of his vain life in the more sinful security and fleshly ease. This ungodly fear is that also which Samuel perceived at the people's apprehension of their sin to begin to get hold of their hearts. Wherefore he, as Moses before him, quickly forbids their entertaining of it. Fear not, said he, ye have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the Lord. For to turn them aside from following of him was the natural tendency of this fear. But fear not, said he, that it is with that fear that tendeth to turn you aside. Now, I say, the matter that this fear worketh upon, as Adam and the Israelites mentioned before, was their sin. You have sinned, says he, that is true. Yet turn not aside, yet fear not with that fear that would make you so do. 1 Samuel 12, verse 20 Note, by the way, sinner, that when the greatness of thy sins, being apprehended by thee, shall work in thee that fear of God, as shall incline thy heart to fly from him. Thou art possessed with the fear of God that is ungodly, yea, so ungodly, that not any of thy sins for heinousness may be compared therewith, as might be made manifest in many particulars. But Samuel, having rebuked this fear, presently sets before the people another, to wit, the true fear of God. Fear the Lord, says he, serve him, with all your heart. Verse 24. And he giveth them this encouragement so to do. For the Lord will not forsake his people. This ungodly fear is that which you read of in Isaiah chapter 2, and in many other places. And God's people should shun it, as they would shun the devil, because its natural tendency is to forward the destruction of the soul in which it has taken possession. Number three. There is a fear of God which although it hath not in it that power as to make men flee from God's presence, yet it is ungodly, because even while they are in the outward way of God's ordinances, their hearts are by it quite discouraged from attempting to exercise themselves in the power of religion. Of this sort are they which dare not cast off the hearing, reading, and discourse of the word as others, no, nor the assembly of God's children for the exercise of other religious duties, for their conscience is convinced this is the way and worship of God. But yet their heart, as I said by this ungodly fear, is kept from a powerful, gracious falling in with God. This fear takes away their heart from all holy and godly prayer in private, and from all holy and godly zeal for His name in public and there be many professors whose hearts are possessed with this ungodly fear of God, and they are intended by the slothful one. He was a servant, a servant among the servants of God, and had gifts and abilities given him, therewith to serve Christ, as well as his fellows, yea, and was commanded too, as well as the rest, to occupy until his master came. But what does he? Why, he takes his talent, the gift that he was to lay out for his master's profit, and puts it in a napkin, digs a hole in the earth, and hides his lord's money, and lies in a lazy manner at to elbow all his days, not out of, but in his lord's vineyard. For when he came among the servants also at last, by which it is manifest that he had not cast off his profession, but was slothful and negligent while he was in it, But what was it that made him thus slothful? What was it that took away his heart while he was in the way, and that discouraged him from falling in with the power and holy practice of religion according to the talent he received? Why it was this? He gave way to an ungodly fear of God, and that took away his heart from the power of religious duties. Lord, said he, Behold, here is thy pound which I have kept. Laid up in a napkin, for I feared thee. Why, man, doth the fear of God make a man idle and slothful? No, no, that is, if it be right and godly. This fear was therefore evil fear. It was that ungodly fear of God which I have here been speaking of. For I feared thee, or as Matthew hath it, for I was afraid. Afraid of what? Of Christ? that he was an hard man, reaping where he sowed not, and gathering where he had not strawed. This, this his fear, being ungodly, made him apprehend of Christ contrary to the goodness of his nature, and so took away his heart from all endeavors to be doing of that which was pleasing in his sight. Luke 19, verse 20, Matthew 25, verses 24 and 25. And thus do all those that retain the name and show of religion, but are neglecters as to the power and godly practice of it. These will live like dogs and swine in the house. They pray not, they watch not their hearts, they pull not their hands out of their bosoms to work, they do not strive against their lusts, nor will they ever resist unto blood, striving against sin. They cannot take up their cross or improve what they have to God's glory. Let all men therefore take heed of this ungodly fear, and shun it, as they shun the devil, for it will make them afraid, where no fear is. It will tell them that there is a lion in the street, the unlikeliest place in the world for such a beast to be in. It will put a vizard upon the face of God, most dreadful and fearful to behold, and then quite discourage the soul as to his service. So it served the slothful servant, if thou entertainest it, and give us way thereto.
1: Please visit Stillwater's Revival Books at PuritanDownloads.com. Stillwater's Revival Books also publishes the Puritan Hard Drive, the most powerful and practical Christian study tool ever produced. All thanks and glory be to the mercy, grace, and love of the Lord Jesus Christ for this remarkable and wonderful new Christian study tool. The Puritan Hard Drive contains over 12,500 of the best Reformation books, MP3s and videos ever gathered onto one portable Christian study tool. An extraordinary collection of Puritan, Protestant, Calvinistic, Presbyterian, Covenanter, and Reformed Baptist resources. It's fully upgradable and it's small enough to fit in your pocket.